0: Welcome to this new episode of OnTobal Now. I'm Andrew Crook, your host. We're going to explore the role of the S in ESG. Indeed, social factors, until recently, have not been as prominent a consideration in sustainable investing as they deserve. But the pandemic has put the spotlight on a lot of the deep-rooted inequalities in the world around us. Investors are therefore paying much greater attention to this pillar, within their ESG strategy, focusing on a range of social issues such as health and safety, human rights, labour rights, equality and many more. So in the first of two podcasts on this topic, I'm delighted to welcome our two speakers to talk about what some of the social themes and issues and considerations are at the moment today. Firstly, Elena Tedesco, who's a Portfolio Manager of Ontobal Asset Management, and our guest speaker today, Adeline Tan, who's the Wealth Business Leader at Mercer in Hong Kong. Thanks to you both for joining us.
1: Thank you, Andrew. Hello, everybody.
2: Thank you very much, Andrew, and thank you, Elena and It's great to be here today.
0: Investing with an S in mind is relatively new for a lot of investors. What are some of the main misconceptions you find that investors have in this area?
2: Well, Andrew, I think the misconceptions can start with the thinking that investing in a sustainable manner with the considerations around ESG doesn't necessarily give better performance. I'm glad to say that over the past few years, uh, we've collected enough data to say it does make a difference. But the S in the ESG It's not that easy to pull out as a factor that can drive returns. And many investors do see S as a factor of doing charity, philanthropy, not exactly something that generates return on capital. And neither do they see a factor as a way of diversifying portfolios and assessing new ideas, which is really something we have to try and dispel because there's so much about how great companies come about that can be driven by doing good on that social aspect of the ESG spectrum of risks.
0: Thanks, Adeline. Elena, are there any other reasons, in addition to the ones Adeline just highlighted, why you feel social issues might have been overlooked in many cases? And if so, how do we overcome that? There's
1: a trend and some social issues have been picked up before others, and I'm thinking for instance, of health and safety, especially in some industries across the globe. There's always been a, a great focus of companies in the mining sector for instance, or industrial sector to look after the, the safety of the employees for several reasons. One, because obviously it's good to uh, reduce the accidents at work, but also because of the regulatory pressure. But we haven't really seen the same regulatory pressure on other fronts, and this just starting, and I would say the trend is clearer on the environmental side of things. If you think of carbon prices, net zero commitments, etc. on the social front, it's just starting. And uh, and we do not have the equivalent of a net zero for, for the social aspect. But I, I think it's happening. There's definitely a lot of interest from some companies to have a better position for the brands to show that they're good with their employees and good with society. So in a way, it's a matter of time, I think.
0: Thank you. Adeline, given what we've just talked about, what would you consider to be a positive social outcome? How would investors consider that this might influence the attractiveness of a company?
2: Well, Andrew, a very big question here. A positive social outcome can be so many things, isn't it? It could be as simple as the freedom to go to school, the freedom to explore different ideas. It could even be the freedom of choice. So I guess I'll try and round it up by saying a positive social outcome could be a very tangible advancement of the human race that we see corporates are contributing towards. So we like to think that a lot of like-minded investors out there are looking for transformational ideas. They are looking to optimise the return and the risk equation. And the risk equation in it should capture things that will look very badly for the human race of of planet Earth if we don't get right. And on the return box, there are a lot of innovations and good ideas that actually deserve our capital in order to grow and become very much of our lifestyle and then generate, like I say, that positive social good. So how may this influence the attractiveness of a company? I'm sure it'll be something that Elena's going to tell us a lot about. But for Mercer, we are looking on the social aspect around how healthcare is being provided by the company to their own people. How do they deal with health and safety? And then very importantly for us is also around DEI, which stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that's where we are also trying to hold up fund managers, to assess the proportion of gender differences, people of color, and so on. And, and in fact, in 2019, as we embark on this study about how we like to see a diverse group of people managing money, we actually found that 63% of the funds listed no women in a position of authority. So I think I take the point from Elena that we don't really have a net zero carbon type of um, standard uh, when it comes to s, but at least on aspects around DEI, perhaps there can be some sort of threshold that we look for when we think about diversity in positions of authority and people with are key decisions makers when it comes to allocating capital.
1: Andrew, if I can jump in on this and to go back to your point about the positive social outcome. That's basically the bread and butter of what we do, right? So they, we try to invest in companies that can demonstrably deliver a positive social outcome. And that goes back a little bit to the type of sectors that they operate in. The obvious example is healthcare, you know, companies that provide good services there, but it doesn't end there. I mean, we also look at the food chain, for instance, the reference framework for us is the one set by the United Nations when they set the Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs. And one of them, for instance, is to fight poverty. Another one is to ensure that there's enough food and no hunger in the world, clean water, quality education, etc. You know, there are several, 17, 17 different goals. So going back to the food example, companies that generate positive um, outcome are, for instance, those that improve the way the food chain works and uh, improve the quality of the food we have and make sure that there's more food available. For instance, we invest in companies uh, that operate in the field of food safety and uh, animal health, for instance, or others that provide some food ingredients and make sure that our food is is more nutritious, but also healthier and and safer overall. Other companies that uh, look at what the animals eat and, and make sure basically that animals themselves eat some optimal type of uh, diet themselves. So there are several angles, healthcare, food chain, equalities overall, I'm thinking of, of education, it's an obvious one, but also financial inclusion, if you think of the role of banks in reaching out the portion of the population that is underbanked, banks. These are all examples of companies that generate a positive outcome for our society, and we can measure that using some KPIs.
2: So Elena, um, the the fact of the matter is that you're in a position to choose which stocks go into your portfolio and get a share of your capital, of your investor's capital, and, and which ones don't make it. And I know that as a fund manager, there are many other metrics that you have to weigh alongside ESG risks, but since we're on a topic focused on the social challenges and looking for a positive social outcome. I'd be very interested to hear about your assessment and analysis that may have led to sort of good looking company that you would consider except for some of the failings under the S pillar.
1: Yeah, sure. First of all, I should mention that the process includes some exclusions. So some sectors are excluded from the start. And uh, in the social sphere, i can definitely mentioned tobacco, for instance, it's dangerous work for healthcare. We can mention also weapons as examples of sectors that get excluded exempted from the whole process. But then when we look at uh, deeper at the, uh, the companies that are investable, the focus for us is really to identify those that operate in sectors that they can produce a positive solution. And again, I, I refer to the SDGs by the United Nations for that. And then when we go deeper and try to select these specific companies, then we do our own assessment of what they do. And to answer your question about an example, I would say that the solar industry is quite topical these days because it it is offering a positive contribution from an environmental point of view. So it could be investable from our perspective, but then when we look at how some of the components are produced and we hear the stories about alleged use of forced labour in some provinces in China, then we understand that obviously deeper research is needed and we try and avoid the cases that are, for instance, under sanctions right now from the United States and uh, try to focus on the companies that offer alternative technologies can produce similar components without really being so controversial.
2: That's a great example, Alana. especially you rightly pointed out solar companies getting a lot of attention because of the climate change, renewable energy, net zero carbon targets naturally put these companies on the forefront of any investor's mindset. So to hear how you've shared around the overlays of the other risks that has to be managed, I think that's very helpful and insightful.
0: Adeline, we talked obviously about a lot of the positive outcomes socially. How about from the point of view of positive performance within portfolios. Is there any evidence yet to show this exists consistently with identifying and tackling social issues as part of an investor's remit?
2: I think it's a wide range, Andrew. Some sectors are naturally a bit more vulnerable to some of these social risks, some being highlighted there, such as health and safety, for example, for a construction company. They are exposed to environmental factors, given that they are huge consumers of energy and do have a carbon footprint. But in the face of uh, constructing it and making it habitable for whoever they buys its products, uh, it needs to keep an eye around health and safety. And you don't need to do the math to know that a construction project that is frequently delayed from poor health and safety practices and having multiple accidents on site is not going to do as well as a construction company that can deliver these projects uh, on time. And then on the other flip side, when we think about the service sector, we have observed that companies that cannot get its people agenda right tend to see themselves falling onto the back foot because people is a very important part of any business. I have a survey here that looks at how people's choices around the company they want to work for is increasingly bringing in things like meaningful work, making an impact in the world, embedding how they are supported in terms of development and supported in terms of getting healthcare, maternity leave, and so on. So now these values are very much interlinked with the S aspect of how well a company is going to be able to run. And when we come back to the world of asset managers, we do find that from our own study that a diverse fund management team with shared values is more likely to outperform less diverse peers. And more and more when the stocks and the companies themselves and also funds need to broaden out its universe of stocks that you can buy from. Having a team that has very diverse background, but shared values, that's still very important because you have to have a shared investment objective for the funds, is only going to be benefiting any fund manager that wants to be a little bit ahead in terms of research, be a little bit ahead in terms of valuation, be that little bit ahead when it comes to making the trade and settling that trade and monitoring these different stocks in in their portfolio. So there are some studies, Andrew, that actually looks at the benefit of paying attention to the risk that come around under the social pillar and that can actually contribute to sustainable returns in a portfolio.
0: So thanks for sharing these insights. Next time, we will cover the investment implications specifically of these social issues and how investors both in Europe and Asia are able to measure and engage with social policies as part of their ESG focus. This recording is for information purposes only, and nothing contained in this recording should constitute a solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any investment instruments, to effect any transactions, or to conclude any legal act of any kind whatsoever except as permitted under applicable copyright laws. None of this information may be reproduced, adapted, uploaded to a third party, linked to, framed, performed in public, distributed or transmitted in any form by any process without the specific written consent of Vontabelle. To the maximum extent permitted by law, Vontabelle will not be liable in any way for any loss or damage suffered by you through the use or access to this information. Or Von failure to provide this information. Our liability for negligence, breach of contract, or contravention of any law as a result of our failure to provide this information or any part of it, or for any problems with this information which could not be lawfully excluded, is limited at our option and to the maximum extent permitted by law to resupply this information or any part of it to you, or to pay for the resupply of this information or any part of it to you. Keep in mind that past performance is not a reliable indicator of current or future performance, and forecasts are inherently limited and should not be relied upon as an indicator of future performance. Today's guest speaker is not an employee or representative of von Tobel. The views expressed in this recording are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and/ or policies of von Tobel.